Chapter 20 In which a contract is concluded before witnesses. Most people ran after the scarecrow. Sophie ran the other way, through the broom cupboards and into the shop, grabbing her stick as she went. This is my fault, she muttered. I have a genius. Yeah, I saw, th- I, I, I know it just doesn't sound right, but it I'll is, say it's it. One, it's <clears throat> one of those things where she like has weird ways of saying yeah, things. Yeah, all right, all right, <clears throat> all right. I have a genius for doing things wrong. I could have kept Mrs. Angorian's indoors. I only needed to talk to her politely. Poor thing. Howl, Howl may have forgot. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Howl may have forgiven me a lot of... Forgiven me a, a, a lot of things, God. But he's not going to forgive me for this in a hurry. With the the words, come on. In the flower shop, she hauled the seven league boots out of the window display and emptied hibiscus roses and water out of them onto the floor. She unlocked the shop door and towed the wet boots out onto the crowded pavements. Excuse me, she said to various shoes and trailing sleeves that were walking in her way. She looked up at the sun, which was not easy to find in the cloudy cloudy gray sky. Let's see, southeast, that way. Excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me? Do you know where you are? You are in an endless epic. And here there be dragons, and we're not a day late, you're a day late. And a dollar short. Give me that money. (laughs) I mean, we're going to be a dollar short if we don't start getting our, our, our Patreon episodes out to our patrons. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, but welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and Here girls, to another episode of Endless not Epic. To a, not to another episode. But the, the final real, episode. To the real. To the real. Sorry, real, Yoni. The real, real final fi- episode. The real final episode. Not the hoax final episode. Right. Like of last Howl's time. Moving Castle. Got a lot to go. Got a lot to happen in, in, in 30 pages. Yes, yeah, ready? quite a bit. I'm I, I ready. Think, you, you, I don't. Th- I don't think they're ready because it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> it is going to be a long podcast. I was. I was actually. Um, I was going to to make a request of someone in the room. Um, could, could I get some cold water, please? It's very hot over here. <laughs> Any which way, uh, we are back once again. For the final chapter of this endless epic, and we're going to be putting out a vote uh, on what we uh, are going to be reading next. Um, we haven't really come to a decision on on what the possibilities are. Uh, we could we read not. the next book in the series for Howl's Moving Castle. We could. Um, we could start his Dark Materials. Yeah. We could start the Dark Crystal. Mm. Prospect. Uh, although, 
I think Dark Crystal and his Dark Materials both got cancelled. I think both of their shows were cancelled. So we're not going to get any, like, well. new series out of yeah, this. Yeah, Well, um, that's fine. Yeah, and then uh, there, are, there are a couple of other options. We could start reading some of the magic books. But the magic books are definitely more along the lines of, like, adult fiction. Yeah, I was like, I've, I don't feel like those would most of them be appropriate for this specific definitely podcast? not especially considering the main bad guy of the first several books uh Yogmoth is a uh dude who likes to cut people open while they're still alive yeah so, that's not very family friendly i mean it's not <clears throat> but at the same time it's very educational okay <laughs> So uh, we'll have we'll have a vote at the end of the this episode, or are we gonna do it uh, in, for during the viewing? Uh, no, we can have a viewing party, and then we'll put out a poll, and then during the viewing party, we'll we'll also talk about it. Fantastic. You get a room, gross. I know, so gross. Drink, drink. Oh, that is so nice and cold. Oh, I love it. That's lovely. Okay. Nothing, let's nothing get better than some cold agua. Agua Bay, my dude. All right. Let's get right in to the news. She said, clearing a small space for the boots among the holiday makers. She put them down, pointing the right way then stepped into them and began to stride. Zip, 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 That's a lot of zips. That was a lot of zips. It was quick as that, and even more blurred and breathless in both boots than in one. Sophie had brief glimpses between long, double strides of mansions down at the end of the valley, gleaming between trees with... Fanny's carriage at the door of Bracken on the hillside, of a small river racing down into the valley, of the same river sliding in a much broader valley of the same... of the same valley turned so wide it seemed endless and blue in the distance, and a towery pile far, far off that might have been Kingsbury... Of the plain narrowing towards the mountains again, of a mountain which slanted so steeply under her boot that she stumbled in spite of her stick, which stumbled brought her to the edge of a deep blue misted gorge, with the tops of trees far below where she had to take another stride or fall in. She landed on crumbly yellow sand. She dug her stick in and looked carefully round. Behind her right shoulder, some miles off, a white steamy mist almost hid the mountains she had just zipped through. Below the mist was a band of dark green. Sophie nodded, though she could not see the moving castle this far away. She was sure the mist marked the place of flowers. She took another careful stride. Zip! It was fearsomely hot. 
The clay yellow sand stretched in all directions now, shimmering in the heat. Rocks lay about in a messy way. The only growing things were occasional dismal gray bushes. The mountains looked like clouds coming up on the horizon. If this is the waste, Sophie said with sweat running in all her wrinkles. Ooh, that's an image. Yeah. Then I feel sorry for the witch having to live here. She took another stride. The wind of it did not cool her down at all. The rocks and bushes were the same, but the sand was grayer, and the mountains seemed to have sunk down the sky. Sophie peered into the quivering gray glare ahead, where she thought she could see something rather high, th higher than rock. She took one more stride. Now it was like an oven. But there was a peculiar shaped pile about a quarter of a mile off, standing on a slight rise in a rock-littered land. It was a fantastical shape of twisted little towers rising to one main tower that pointed slightly askew like a naughty old finger. Sophie climbed out of the boots. It was too hot to carry anything so heavy. So she trudged off to investigate with only her stick. The thing seemed to be made of yellow-gray grit of the waste. At first, Sophie wondered if it might be some strange kind of ant's nest. But as she got nearer, she could see that it was as if something had fused together thousands of grainy yellow flower pots into a tapering heap. She grinned. The moving castle had often struck her as being remarkably like a chimney. This building was really a collection of chimney pots. It had to be a fire demon's work. Sophie panted up the rise where there was suddenly no doubt that this was the witch's fortress. Two small orange figures came out of a dark space at the bottom and stood waiting for her. She recognized the witch's two page boys. Hot and breathless as she was, she tried to speak to them politely to show them she had no quarrel with him. That's for me. <clears throat> Good afternoon. She said. They gave her sulky looks. One bowed and held out his hand pointing towards the misshapen dark archway between the bent columns of chimney pots. Sophie shrugged and followed him inside. The other page walked after her. And, of course, the entrance vanished as soon as she was through. Sophie shrugged again. She would have to deal with that problem when she came back. She arranged her lace shawl, straightened her draggled skirts, and walked forward. It was a little like going through the castle door, with the knob black down. There was a moment of nothingness, followed by murky light. The light came from the greenish-yellow flames that burned and flickered all around, but in a shadowy way, which gave no heat, and a very and very little light either. When Sophie looked at them, the flames were never where she was looking 
but always to the side. But that was the way of magic. Sophie shrugged again and followed the page this way and that among skinny pillars of the same chimney pot kind as the rest of the building. At length, the pages led her to a sort of central den, or maybe it was just a space between pillars. Sophie was confused by then. The fortress seemed enormous, though she suspected it was deceptive, just as the castle was. The witch was standing there, waiting. Again, it was hard to tell how Sophie knew, except that it could be no one else. The witch was hugely tall and skinny now, and her hair was fair, in a rope-like pigtail over one bony shoulder. She wore a white dress. When Sophie walked straight up to her, brandishing her stick, the witch backed away. I am not to be threatened, the witch said, sounding tired and frail. Then give me Miss Angorian, and you won't be, said Sophie. I'll take her and go away. The witch backed away further, gesturing with both hands. And the page boys both melted into sticky orange blobs which rose into the air and flew towards Sophie. Yucky, get off. Ha, <laughs> you said yucky. 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 Sophie cried, beating at them with her stick. The orange blobs did not seem to care for her stick. They dodged it and wove about, and then darted behind Sophie. She was just thinking she had gotten the better of them when she found herself glued to a chimney pot pillar by them. Orange sticky stuff stranded between her ankles. When she tried to move and plucked at her hair quite painfully, I'd almost rather have green slime, Sophie said. I hope those weren't real boys. Only eman emanations. Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> Only emanations, said the witch. Let me go, said Sophie. No. Said the witch, she turned away and seemed to lose interest in Sophie entirely. Sophie began to fear that, as usual, she had made a mess of things. The sticky stuff seemed to be getting harder, and more elastic every second. When she tried to move, it snapped her back against the pottery pillar. Where's Miss Angorian? She said. You will not find her. Said the witch. We will wait until Hal comes. He's not coming. He's Said Sophie. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> He's got more sense, and your curse hasn't all worked anyway. It will. Said the witch, smiling slightly. Now that I have... Oh, hold on. Now that you have fallen for our deception and come here, I will have to be honest for once. She made another gesture towards <clears throat> the murky flames this time, and a sort of throne trundled out from between two pillars and stopped in front of the witch. 
There was a man sitting in it, wearing a green uniform and long, shiny boots. Sophie thought he was asleep at first, with his head out of sight sideways. But the witch gestured again, and the man sat up straight, and he had no head on his shoulders at all. Sophie realized she was looking at all that was left of Prince Justin. If I was Fanny, Sophie said, I'd threaten to faint, but his head, put his head back on at once. He looks terrible like that. I disposed of both heads months ago, said the witch. I sold Wizard Solomon's head. I sold Wizard Solomon's skull when I sold his guitar. Prince Justin's head is walking around somewhere with another leftover parts. This body is a perfect mixture of Prince Justin and Wizard Solomon. It is waiting for Hal's head to make it our perfect human. When we have Hal's head, we shall have the new king of Ingari. Said that really long. I shall rule as king. Queen. Jesus. Both. Either. Yeah. All of the above. Modern times. (laughs) Here we go. You're mad. Sophie said. You've no right to make jigsaws of people. And I shouldn't think Hal's head will do a thing you want. It'll slither out somehow. Hal will do exactly as we say. The witch said in a sly, secretive smile. We shall control his fire demon. Sophie realized that she was very scared indeed. She knew she had a mess of things now. Made. Made a mess of things now, yes. Where is Miss Angorian? She said, waving her stick. The witch did not like Sophie to wave her stick. She stepped backwards. I am very tired. She said, You people keep spoiling my plans. First, Wizard Solomon would not come near the waste, so that I had to threaten Princess Valerie in order to make the king order him out here. Then, when he came, he grew trees. Then the king would not let Prince Justin follow Solomon for months. And when he did follow, the silly fool went up north somewhere for some reason. And I had to use all my arts to get him here. Howl has caused me even more trouble. He got away once. I've had to use a curse to bring him in. And while I'm finding out enough about him to lay the curse, you got into what was left of Solomon's brain and caused me more trouble. And now when I bring you here, you wave your stick and argue. I've worked very hard for this moment and I am not to be argued with. She turned away and wandered off into the murk. Sophie stared after the tall white figure moving among the dim flames. I think her age has caught up with her, she thought. She's crazy. I must get loose and rescue Miss Angorian from her. Somehow. Remembering that the orange stuff had avoided her stick just as the witch had, 
Sophie reached over her shoulder, shoulders with her stick and wagged it back and forth where the sticky stuff met the pottery pillar. Get out of it, she said. Let me go. Her hair dragged painfully, but stringy orange bits began to fly away sideways. Sophie wagged the stick harder. She had worked her head and shoulders loose when there came a dull booming sound. The pale flames wavered and a pillar behind Sophie shook. Then, with a crash like a thousand tea sets falling down the stairs, a piece of the fortress wall blew out. Light blinded through a long jagged hole and a figure came leaping in through the opening. Sophie turned eagerly, hoping it was Howl. But the black outline had only one leg. It was the scarecrow again. The witch gave a yowl of rage and rushed toward it with her fair pigtail flying and her bony arms stretched out. The scarecrow leapt again at her. There was another violent bang and the two of them were wrapped in a magic cloud. Like the cloud over Port Haven when Howl and the witch had fought. The cloud battered this way and that, filling the dusty air with shrieks and booms. Sophie's hair freezed. The cloud was only yards away, going this way and that among pottery pillars, and the break in the wall was quite near too. As Sophie had thought, the fortress was, not re was really not big. Every time the cloud moved across the blinding white gap, she could see through it and see two skinny figures battling in the midst. She stared and kept wagging her stick behind her back. She was loose all except for her legs. When the cloud screamed across in front of the light one more time, Sophie saw another person leap through the gap behind it. This one had flying black sleeves. It was Howl. Sophie could see the outline of him clearly, standing with his arms folded, watching the battle. For a moment, it looked as if he was going to let the witch and the scarecrow get on with it. Then the long sleeves flapped as Howl raised his arms above the screaming and booming. Howl's voice shouted out strange, long words, and a long roll of thunder came with it. The scarecrow and the witch both jolted. Claps of sound rang round the pottery pillars, echo after echo, and each echo carried some of the cloud of magic away with it. It vanished in wisps and swirled away in the murky... Eddies? Yep. I've never heard that before, but all right. Neither have I. <laughs> <clears throat> when it had become the thinnest white haze, the tall figure with the pigtail began to totter. The witch seemed to fold in on herself, thinner and whiter than ever. Finally, as the haze faded clean away, she fell in a heap with a small clatter. As the millions of soft echoes died, Howl and the Square Crow were left thoughtfully facing one another across a pile of bones. Good, thought Sophie. She slashed her legs free and went across to the headless figure in the throne. It was getting on her nerves. No, my friend. Howl said to the scarecrow. 
The scarecrow had hopped right among the bones and was pushing them this way and that with its leg. No, you won't find her heart here. Her fire demon will will have got that weird sentence. <clears throat> I think it's had the upper hand of her for a long time now. Sad, really. As Sophie took off her shawl and arranged it decently across Prince Justin's headless shoulders, Howell said, I think the rest of what you're looking for is over here. He walked toward the throne with the scarecrow hopping beside him. Typical, he said to Sophie. I break my neck to get here and I find you peacefully tidying up. <laughs> Sophie looked up at him as she had feared the hard black and white daylight coming through the broken wall showed her that Howell had not bothered to shave or tidy his hair. His eyes were still red-rimmed and his black sleeves were torn in several places. There was not much to choose between Howell and the Scarecrow. Oh dear, Sophie thought. He must love Miss Angorian very much. I came for Miss Angorian, she explained. And I thought if I arranged for your family to visit you, it would keep you quiet for once. Howell said disgustedly. But no. Here the scarecrow hopped in front of Sophie. I was sent by Wizard Solomon. It said in a mushy voice. I was... I don't know how to do mushy. Bar... Yeah, like puff up your cheeks a little bit. Like... Bar, bar, like do... Was... do um, no, no, no. Do like uh, the Richard Nixon. Oh. <laughs> I can't... I was... I was guarding his bushes from the birds in the waste when the witch caught him. He cast all <clears throat> of his magic <laughs> that he could spare on me. <laughs> I can't do that. <coughs> but in order, no, in order me to come to his rescue, but the witch had taken him to pieces by then. And pieces were in various places, and it been hard ta it, it has been a hard task. But if you had not come and talked me to life again, I would have failed. <laughs> it was answering the question Sophie had asked it before they both rushed off. Uh, so when Prince Justin ordered finding spells, they must have kept pointing to you. He said, uh, she said. Why was that? To me or to his skull. But between us, we are the best part of him. And Percival is nope, made... Sorry, sorry, sorry. And Percival is made of Wizard Solomon and Prince Justin. Sophie said she was not sure Letty was going to like this. The Scarecrow nodded its craggy turnip face. Both parts told me that the witch and her fire demon were no longer together, and I could defeat the witch on her own. It said. 
I thank you for your forgiving me for giving me ten minutes ten, ten times, times my former speed Howl waved it aside bring that body with you to the castle he said I'll sort you out there that's you dude Sophie and I have to get back before the fire demon finds a way of getting inside my defenses. He took hold of Sophie's skinny wrist. Come on. Where are those seven league boots? Sophie hung back. But, Miss Angorian, don't you understand? Howl said, dragging at her. Miss Angorian is the fire demon. If it gets inside the castle, then Calcifer had it, and so then Calcifer's had it, and so have I. Sophie put both hands over her mouth. I knew I'd made a mess of it. She said. It's been in twice already, but she... it went out. Oh, Lord. Ah, uh, groan howl. Did it touch anything? The guitar. Sophie admitted. Then it's still in there. Said Howell. Come on. He pulled Sophie over to the smashed wall. Follow us carefully. He shouted back to the scarecrow. I'm going to have to raise a wind. No time to look for those boots. He said to Sophie as they climbed over the jagged edges of the hot sunlight. Just run and keep running or I won't be able to move you. Sophie helped herself along with her stick and managed to break into a hobbling run. Stumbling among the stones, Howl ran beside her, pulling her. Wind leapt up, whistling, then roaring, hot and gritty, and grey sand climbed around them in a storm that pinged on the pottery fortress. By that time, they were not running, but skimming forward in a sort of slow-motion lope. The stony ground sped past underneath. Dust and grit thundered around them, high overhead and streaming far away behind. It was very noisy and not at all comfortable, but the waste rocketed past. It's not Calcifer's fault, Sophie yelled. I told him not to say. He wouldn't anyway, Howl shouted back. I knew he'd never give away a fellow fire demon. He always, he always was, he was always my weakest flank. Chase. I thought Wales was. Sophie screamed. No, I left that deliberately. Howl bellowed. I knew I'd be angry enough to stop her if she tried anything there. I had to leave her an opening, see? The only chance I had of coming at Prince Justin was to use that curse she had put on me to get near her. So you were going to rescue the prince? Sophie shouted. Why did you pretend to run away to deceive the witch? Not likely. Howl yelled. I'm a coward. 
only way I can do something this frightening is to tell myself I'm not doing it. Like a true Welshman. Right? <laughs> no, no, no hate at all to our, our, any of our friends that are listening from Wales. Okay? We all have a long history of losing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some longer than others. <laughs> oh dear, Sophie thought, looking round at the swirling grit. He's being honest, and this is a win. The last bit of the curse has come true. The hot grit hit her thunderously, and Howl's grip hurt. Keep running. Howl bold. You'll get hurt at this speed. Sophie gasped and made her legs work again. She could see the mountains clearly now, and a line of green below that was flowering bushes. Even though yellow sand kept swirling in the way the mountains seemed to grow and the green line rushed toward them until it was a hedge until it was hedge high. All my flanks were weak. Howl shouted. I was relying on Solomon to be Solomon being alive. Then we all then when all that seemed to be left of him was Percival. I was so scared I had to go out and get drunk. And then you go and play into the witch's hands. I'm the eldest. Sophie shrieked. I'm a failure. Garbage. Howl shouted. You just never stopped to think. Howl was slowing down. Dust kicked up around them in dense clouds. Sophie only knew the bushes were quite near because she could hear the rush and rattle of the gritty wind in the leaves. They plunged in amongst them with a crash, still going so fast that Howl had to swerve and drag Sophie in a long, skimming run across a lake. And you're too nice, he added above the lap-lap of the water and the patter of the sand on the water lily leaves. I was relying on you being too jealous to let that demon near the place. They hit the steamy shore at a slow run. The bushes on either side of the green lane thrashed and heaved as they passed, throwing birds and petals into the whirlwind behind them. The castle was drifting slowly down the lane toward them, with its smoke streaming back in the wind. Howl slowed down enough to crash the door open and shot Sophie and himself inside. Michael. He shouted. It wasn't me who let the scarecrow in. Michael said guiltily. Everything seemed to be normal. Sophie was surprised to discover what a short time she had really been away. Someone had pulled her bed out from under the stairs and Percival was lying on it, still unconscious. Letty and Martha and Michael were gathering, were gathered round it. Overhead, Sophie could hear Mrs. Fairfax's voice and Fanny's combined with ominous swishings and thumpings that suggested that Howell's spiders were having a hard time. <laughs> Howell let go of Sophie and dived toward the guitar. Before he could touch it, it burst with a long, melodious boom. Strings flailed, splinters of wood showered Howell. He was forced to back away with one tattered sleeve over his face. 
and Miss Angorian was suddenly standing beside the hearth, smiling. Howell had been right. She must have been in the guitar all this time, waiting for her moment. Your witch is dead, Howell said to her. Isn't that too bad? Miss Angorian said, quite unconcerned. Now I can make myself a new human, who will be much better. The curse is fulfilled. I can lay hands on your heart now. And she reached down into the grate and plucked Calcifer out. Calcifer wobbled on top of her clenched fist, looking terrified. Nobody move, Miss Angorian said warningly. Nobody dared stir. Howl stood stillest of all. Help! Calcifer said weakly. Nobody can help you, said Miss Angorian. You are going to help me control my new human. Let me show you. I have only to tighten my grip. Her hand that was holding Calcifer squeezed until its knuckles showed pale yellow. Howell and Calcifer both screamed. Calcifer beat his way... beat this way and that in agony. Howell's face turned bluish and he crashed to the floor like a falling tree, where he lay unconscious as unconscious as Percival. Sophie did not think he was breathing. Miss Angorian was astonished. She stared at Howell. He's faking, she said. No, he's not. Calcifer screamed, twisted into a writhing spiral shape. His heart is really quite soft. Let go. Sophie raised her stick slowly and gently. This time, she thought for an instant before she acted. Stick, she muttered. Beat Miss Angorian, but don't hurt anyone else. She swung the stick and hit Miss Angorian's tight knuckles with the biggest crack she could. Ow. Miss Angorian let out a squealing hiss like a wet log burning and dropped Calcifer. Poor Calcifer roared, he rolled helplessly on the floor, flaming sideways across the flagstones and roaring huskily with terror. Miss Angorian raised a foot to stamp on him. Sophie had to let go of her stick and dive to rescue Calcifer. Her stick, to her surprise, hit Miss Angorian again on its own, and again and again. But of course it would, Sophie thought. She had talked life into that stick. Mrs. Penstimon had told her so. Miss Angorian hissed and staggered. Sophie stood up, holding Calcifer to find her stick drubbing away at Miss Angorian and smoking with the heat of her. By contrast, Calcifer did not seem very hot. He was a milky blue with shock. Sophie could feel that the dark lump of Howell's heart was beating very faintly between her fingers. It had to be Howell's heart she was holding. He had given it away to Calcifer as a part of his contract, to keep Calcifer alive. He must have been sorry for Calcifer, but all the same, what a silly thing to do. Fanny and Mrs. Fairfax hurried through the door from the stairs, carrying their brooms, 
the sight of them seemed to convince Miss Angorian that she had failed. She ran for the door with Sophie's stick hovering over her, still clouting her. Stop her! Sophie shouted. Don't let her get out. Guard all the doors. Everybody raced to obey. Mrs. Fairfax put herself in the broom cupboard with her broom raised. Fanny stood on the stairs, letting Letty jumped up and guarded the door to the yard, and Martha stood by the bathroom. Michael ran for the castle door, but Percival leapt up off the bed and ran for the door too. His face was white and his eyes were shut, but he ran even faster than Michael. He got there first, and he opened the door. With Calcifer so helpless the castle had stopped moving, Miss Angorian saw the bushes standing still in the haze outside and raced for the door with inhuman speed. Before she reached it, it was blocked by the scarecrow, looming up with Prince Justin hung around its shoulders, still draped in Sophie's lace shawl. It spread its stick arms across the door, barring the way. Miss Angorian backed away from it. The stick beating at her was on fire now, and the metal was glowing. Sophie realized it could not last much longer. Luckily, Miss Angorian hated it so much that she seized hold of Michael and dragged him in its way. The stick had been told not to hurt Michael. It hovered, flaming. Martha dashed up and tried to pull Michael away. The stick had to avoid her, too. Sophie had got it wrong, as usual. There was no time to waste. Calcifer. She, as Sophie said. I shall have to break your contract. Will it kill you? It would if anyone else broke it. Calcifer said hoarsely. You sounded hoarse there. That was uh, yeah, hoarse. that's... that's I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my cat just got on my lap and <laughs> fell. <laughs> <laughs> but not like off the chair just like clumsily fell and like I don't know it was really funny sorry <clears throat> um, that's why I asked you to do it I could tell you could talk life into things look at what you did for the scarecrow in the skull then then have another thousand years Sophie said, and willed very hard as she said it, in case just talking was not enough. This had been worrying for her very much. She took hold of Calcifer and carefully nipped him off the black lump, just as she would nip a dead bud off a stalk. Calcifer whirled loose and hovered by her shoulder as a blue teardrop. I feel so light. He said. Then it dawned on him what had happened. I'm free! He shouted. He whirled to the chimney and plunged up it out of sight. I'm free! Sophie heard him shout overhead faintly as he came out through the chimney pot uh, of the hat shop. Sophie turned to howl with the almost dead black lump feeling doubtful in spite of her hurry she had to get this right she was not sure how you she was not sure how you did 
Hold on. Well, here goes. There, there, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I was on the other page. I was like, <laughs> I heard what you just said, but I don't see it. <laughs> <clears throat> well, here it goes. She said, kneeling down beside Howe, she carefully put the black lump on his chest in the leftish sort of place she had felt hers in when it troubled her and pushed. Go in. She told it. Get in there and work. Man, every guy can relate to that set of statements. Amen. Family podcast. Family podcast. And she pushed and pushed. The heart began to sink <laughs> in and to beat more strongly as it went. Sophie tried to ignore the flames and scuffles by the door and to keep up a steady, firm pressure. Her hair kept getting in the way. It fell across her face in reddish hair, in reddish fair hanks, but she tried to ignore that too. She pushed. The heart went in. As soon as it disappeared, Howl stirred about and gave a loud groan and rolled over onto his face. Hell's teeth, he said. I've got a hangover. No, you hit your head on the floor, Sophie said. Howell rose up on his hands and knees with a scramble. I can't stand. I can't stay. That's what I said. I can't <laughs> stay, he said. I've got to rescue that fool, Sophie. Seems like seems like Sophie is back to being young Sophie because he doesn't recognize her. So, oh, that's less, ooh, less okay. old lady voice. <clears throat> I'm here. Sophie said, shaking his shoulders. But so is Miss Angorian. Get up and do something about her quickly. The stick was entirely flames by now. Martha's hair was frizzing, frizzling. And it had dawned on Miss Angorian that the scarecrow would burn. She was maneuvering to get the hovering stick into the doorway, as usual, Sophie thought. I didn't think it through. Howell only needed to take one look. He stood up in a hurry, held out one hand, and spoke a sentence of those words that lost themselves in claps of thunder. Plaster fell from the ceiling and everything trembled, but the stick vanished and Howell stepped back with a small hard black thing in his hand it could have been a lump of cinder except that it was the same shape as the thing sophie had just pushed into howell's chest miss angorian whined like a wet fire and held out her arms imploringly i'm not afraid i'm af i'm afraid not howell said you've had your time by the look of this you were trying to get a new heart, too. You were going to take my heart and let Calcifer die, weren't you? He held the black thing between both palms and pushed his hands together. The witch's old heart crumbled into black sand and soot and nothing. Miss Angorian faded away as it crumbled, as Howell opened his hands, empty. The doorway was empty of Miss Angorian, too. Another thing happened as well. The moment Miss Angorian was gone, the Scarecrow was no longer there either. If Sophie had cared to look, she would have seen two 
tall men standing in the doorway, smiling at one another. The one with the craggy face had ginger hair. The one with the green uniform had vaguer features and a lace shawl draped around his shoulder, the shoulders of his uniform. But Howell turned to Sophie just then. Gray doesn't really suit you, he said. I thought that when I first saw you. Calcifer's gone, Sophie said. I had to break your contract. Howell looked a little sad, but he said, We were both hoping you would. Neither of us wanted to end up like the witch in Miss Angorian. Would you call your hair ginger? It's a weird. It's <laughs> a really weird, like. Uh, <clears throat> red gold. Sophie said. Not much had changed about Howell that she could see. Now he had his heart back, except maybe that his eyes seemed a deeper color, more like the more like eyes and less like glass marbles. Unlike some people's. She said. It's natural. Maybe I've she's never, born with it? Maybe. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. <laughs> I've never seen why people put such value on things being natural. Howell said, and Sophie knew then that he was he had scarcely changed <laughs> at all. If Sophie had any attention to spare, she would have seen Prince Justin and Wizard Solomon shaking hands and clapping one another delightfully delightedly on the back. Uh, is it Prince Justin? Prince Justin, yeah. <clears throat> what's, what's his, what, what's his accent? Who is he? I don't, <laughs> I'm going to say him. he's, I'm going to say he's from Boston. Right, oh, he's Boston? <laughs> he's Boston, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'd better get back. <laughs> No way I'm getting through that sentence. You gotta, you gotta do it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> nope. I'd better get back to my royal Prince Justin sort of said. <laughs> he walked up to Fanny as the most likely person and made her a deep, courtly bow. Got one more to go. Let's yep, do it. Yep. I'm trying. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> Since we haven't really put out the videos for these, you guys aren't going to see my brother dying oh, as he's trying to give Whew. Prince Justin a, a Boston accent. Oh. <laughs> but he's dying. He's legitimately okay. falling out of his chair. <laughs> I got this. I got this. <clears throat> nope. Am I addressing the lady of this <laughs> Am I addressing the lady of this here establishment? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're good. 
<clears throat> and now to Fanny. Uh, uh, not really. Fanny <clears throat> said, trying to hide her broom behind her back. Oh, God. The lady of the house is Sophie. Or will be shortly. Mrs. Fairfax said, beaming benevolently. Howell said to Sophie, I've been wondering all along if you would turn out to be that lovely girl I met on May Day. Why were you so scared then? If Sophie had been attending, she would have seen Wizard Solomon go up to Letty. Now he was himself, it was clear that Wizard Solomon was at least as strong-minded as Letty was. Letty looked quite nervous as Solomon loomed craggily over her. <clears throat> what are we doing for Prince Solomon? Or, no, Wizard Solomon, uh, sorry. Wizard, Wizard Solomon? Mm. Given that him and Prince Justin are so close, it would make sense mm, that they would both be on. similar. But um, I'm I'm willing to give him like like an Alabama Georgia sort of like southerner accent, Southern or, or even like or like, even like a like a, like a big Texas. Well, accent. no, wait, he's from Wales, isn't he? He is. From yeah, Wales. he's from Wales. He's from Wales, so he he. <laughs> oh boy, he's got to he's got to be. Uh... Oh, hold on. What what was the what was the accent I gave Hal's family? Wasn't like you, you made Howell's family Scottish. No, 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 Howell's no, no. Howell's family's were, no, all no, no, straight they, up Scottish. No, 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 they weren't Scottish. They were like really thick, like Chetneys or whatever. Cockney. Cockney. There we go. Okay, go ahead. And it give was like Solomon a Cockney. It accent. seemed to be that Prince's memory, uh, <laughs> Prince's memory, I had of you, and not my own at all. <laughs> Perfect. He said. He said. <laughs> <clears throat> That's quite all right. Letty said bravely. It was a mistake. But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Protested Wizard Solomon. <laughs> oh, we need to do audiobooks like this. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> I see... But people wouldn't be able to sit through that. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you talking about? This, is, this takes books that are less interesting and makes them far it's, more interesting. No, actually, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, oh, it's still Wizard Sullivan. Okay. Would you let me take you on as a pupil, at least? <laughs> uh, uh, Letty went fiery red at this and did not seem to know what to say. That seemed to Sophie to be Letty's problem. She had her own, Howell said. I think we ought to live happily ever after. And she, <laughs> yeah, and she thought he meant it. Sophie knew that living happily ever after with Howell would be a good deal more eventful than any story made it sound, though she was determined to try. It should be hair-raising, added Howell. And you'll exploit me, Sophie oh, said. Woo, yeah. he's getting into some, like, All right. <clears throat> adult themality there. Yeah, right at the end here. 
and then you'll cut up all my suits to teach me, said Howell. If Sophie and Howell had had any attention to spare, they might have noticed that Prince Justin, Wizard Solomon, and Mrs. Fairfax were trying to speak to Howell, and that Fanny, Martha, and Letty were plucking at Sophie's sleeves, while Michael was dragging at Howell's jacket. That was the neatest use of words of power I ever saw from anyone, Mrs. Fairfax said. I wouldn't have known what to do with that creature, as I often say. Sophie, said Letty, I need your advice. Oh, God. <clears throat> Wizard Owl! <laughs> I love how your Cockney accent is always in a yell. Like yeah, well, Cockney people always I just, yell. I can't not. No, no, do I, it. no, no. I'm fine. Like I, I love it. It has it's to not, be that it's, way. It's, it's, it's not inaccurate. Right. Like people it, from Boston. Like people. People from like the ghetto parts yeah. of of England. That like people from the north. They're all very. Of them yell. Yeah. They're all loud. Exactly. So you're you're good. You're you're right on right on par. Um, oh, said Wizard Solomon. I must apologize for being for trying to bite you so often in Norway. You must understand it's very common for cockney to try and bite people. I wouldn't dream of setting teeth in a fellow countryman. <laughs> Jesus. That's, a, that's not how people from Wales sound for anybody wondering. No, <laughs> absolutely not. But that's how uh, they sound to me. In this world. In, in this, this world, world to me. Sophie, I think this gentleman is a prince. Said funny. Oh, God. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, I Sir! <laughs> Said Prince Justin. <laughs> Sir! <laughs> I believe... Uh, fuck, hold on, I lost... Ooh, uh, shoot. <clears throat> I lost my uh, my Boston. Uh, what's my go-to to bring the Boston back? Dang it. I got nothing. Oh, man, how did I lose that so fast? I believe... No, that's more New York. Boston. Boston. Oh, there we go. I believe I must have thanked... Whoa, wait, hold on. I be, Boston. Boston, I believe... No, uh... Oh, I'm ruining this. I'm ruining this. I believe I must thank you uh, for rescuing... That's New York. That is New York, and I'm now turning into... Uh, That's the Bronx. No, I'm now turning... I, no, no, I'm now turning into uh, Christopher Walken... I believe I must thank you for uh, rescuing me from the witch. <laughs> I don't know. I lost my boss, and I'm sorry. <clears throat> Sophie. Said Martha. The spell's off you. Did you hear? But Sophie and Howell were holding one another's hands and smiling and smiling, quite unable to stop. Don't bother me now. Said Howell. I only did it for the money. Liar. Said Sophie. I said. Michael shouted. That Calcifer's come back. 
That did get Howell's attention, and Sophie's too. They looked at the grate where, sure enough, the familiar blue face was flickering among the logs. Sorry, cats be needy. <clears throat> you didn't need to do that. Howell said. I don't mind. As long as I can come and go. Calcifer said. Besides, it's raining out there and market chipping. And there we come the to the end. end. It's the end. Of Howl's Moving Castle. Wow. Nope, nope, nope. Stop it. Stop it. What, what an ending. What a diverse ending we got there. You know, uh, and it's it is interesting that uh, we we we're sort of given like a re perspective. I, I I still don't feel that this is a good enough like Howl and Sophie are in love with each other now. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. Like it's, it, it, ironically enough, it's done much better in the movie. We get a much better relationship built between the two of them. Right, because essentially what happens in the end of the book is it's like, oh, all of that spite and and uh, bitterness that they had towards each other literally, was actually just Sophie misunderstanding. Literally the entire time. Yeah. Up until those last five pages. Right. <laughs> like they, their whole their whole thing is like, oh, Sophie so much wanted her world to be miserable that all of the nice things that Howell did for her and all of the ways that he. He tried to help her. She was just blind to, which yeah. is okay as like a plot device. But all we really get is like the word of the author. Like, no, no, trust me, this happened. This is how it was. Yeah, we don't we don't really see a whole lot of example of that being actually how it was. So it feels just just a little bit forced. Just a well, there's the, like forced. there's there's definitely a really hard right turn like right there at the end like the last two or three pages are just so dr like a dramatic like all right let's wrap it all up can you stop i do <laughs> i do have something from the final chapter that i do want to bring up because i feel like it warrants mentioning okay. um something that we get in the film as well as in the book that feels like it's so entirely detached from each other that it's it's probably nearly impossible to make the parallel. That so thing. when Howl first meets Sophie uh, and they escape from the blob men. Right. Uh, he he leaps into the air and they they walk down into market shipping and then he lets her down on the balcony. Right. That exact same scene happens as they are leaving the witches. Right. And then he's he's having her like, she explains it as like gently walking on the air. Uh, of course, it's much more violent and and volatile in, in the, book. the book. Yeah, but you you'd almost never be able to make that parallel because oh, of God no, because of how just vastly different the two things yeah. are. Yeah, and it's so weird. It's so weird that Miyazaki pulled that particular scene. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use this, this as, like, the first strike of their romance. This would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> this will be good. 
yeah, it is. It is. It was a. It was a weird, weird uh, creative decision, you know. So something else that I find I find very interesting is the choice not to kill off the witch by In Miyazaki. Yeah, because and we'll talk about this more when we do when we do the live uh, like the watch party. Um, but there is a a very distinct lack of any of the any of the real like personality of the witch that we get in the book right because her personality is is a lot more like volatile and a little bit more fleshed out i feel like she's probably a more fleshed out character in the film than she is in the book more fleshed out totally different character right um and i i completely understand why we don't get the miss angorian character well, I think we ta- we've talked about this in prior chapters. Is there? There's too many characters. There's too many yeah. characters that just to fit into like <clears throat> if they made a show out of this book, like if, with um, like a, a mini series or something like that that had like four episodes or five episodes. Yeah, it would. You could do really well with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, I don't even know if it's ninety minutes, but but as a you know, feature length film, there's just not enough time to have yeah, that many characters um, and do it well. Well, I mean, the, the films, the film's not even, I was like, like I not, don't, it's not even, I don't think long. it's, it's yeah, like, I don't think it's like 90 minutes. I, I think it's only, I like maybe 90 minutes. And, and then it, like, if you, if you did like a three and a half hour film, that, that could work. You could have, the entirety of the cast of the of the book. What are you trying to do back there? Do you mind? Uh, but there's just there's just not enough time in in the you know what whatever ninety minutes or, or thereabouts. Uh, IMDb is worthless. Where's the runtime? Go to. Uh, oh, uh, it's a two-hour movie. Get out of town. It's what it says. It's an hour and 59 minutes. Wow. Is it really? Dude, okay, God, so the... movie just... They're so easy to watch. <laughs> the Japanese title of the movie is Haru no Ugoku Shiro. Okay. I don't know what that means, but... I, just... I mean, doesn't it mean Howl's Movie Castle? Oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, because Haru is, sort of, is, is a... Is a I was gonna say japified, but that's probably definitely not the right word. Um, but like we, we but we no, say say, Jap- <laughs> say japified. <laughs> well, because we say we say like Anglicanized, right? Like when we right. Anglicanize words. So what is the word for like congenize? Like because they're no, that sounds bad too. Yeah, yeah uh, you're, you're just you're not. <laughs> when because like the, the, you see that all of the time uh, in Japanese pronunciation, like it's like strawberry, right? right like they. Right. Like uh, phonu, like I don't know if that's one, but it's like they just, they'll, they'll they'll like add you to the end of words, yeah. or, uh, or 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 just say the word, but they pronounce it with Japanese phonetics. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so you have howl, and haru is <laughs> howl because there's no L sound in Japanese. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so the R replaces the L, which is why like. 
you get you get that that whole stereotypical Japanese accents of like hello, how are you? Like like oh, you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. It, but like we we make fun of it, but that's not like an actual phonetics of Japanese. Right. They don't have L's in Japanese, and they replace them with the sound of R. So that's we make so fun funny. of it. We make fun of it like oh don't do that, but like that's how the language works. So it's literally how they talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they they literally just replaced the 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 L with an R and it's yeah. Haru's no Ugoku uh, Shiro. So I'm actually gonna plug no Ugoku Shiro into Google real quick and see what it translates. Oh boy! To. I know. <laughs> I I hope it's not the the literally the only thing that comes up is. Uh, Hell's Moving Castle. So hang on, we're gonna do. We're gonna oh do really? Translate real quick. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Put it in yeah. Google Translate. Don't Google it. Come on, son. Yeah, first day googling. First day using Google. No, but apparently they've they've gotten rid of Translate from the little widgets thing. Just type in Google Translate. What are you fucking uh, um, screen time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or whatever his name is, Family Podcast. Stop swearing. <laughs> right. Jeez. Uh, so it literally just means to move. So it's how Haru to move. <laughs> Howls to move. Obviously, that's that's the literal translation. So right. there's probably some yeah. there's some like context missing there. But yeah, it it just means to move. That's really funny. <laughs> so the Japanese, the Japanese translation of the of the movie is just howl move. Howl move. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> if you break down just howl's move, like that's what he's you doing. Know, uh, and his castle actually has very little to do with anything, if we're being honest. Uh, well, in in both the book and the movie yeah because like like like, the, like the, howl's magic the, door well maybe. yeah i was like the door and then well that's why i like the second book because i think it's a more appropriate title for this book it's the that house of many the ways, house right? of many ways yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um and then you but, have uh the castle in the air right which is the third uh book. yes okay I believe so. Um, that being said, we definitely need to end this podcast because it is creeping up hard on two hours. It's only going to actually be about um, an hour well, and ten no, minutes. No, no, I, I know. Because that, that first bit is not making it into this podcast. Are you just going to throw it up randomly somewhere else? I, I will I will make it I will make it an episode of Who the Feck Asked You. Yeah, okay. Because I, I was like, well, I was it, like it, you can't you can't deprive Mark. A A you've mentioned it now. All right. Yes, but it, it's not appropriate for you, this you podcast. You can't deprive Marcus of I of, might I might throw a snippet of it at the end of Dark Tales because it's more appropriate for a Dark Tales discussion. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, the Witchers are super weird, so maybe one uh one of the one short episodes. episodes. Yeah, we'll throw it at the end. <laughs> For those of you guys who haven't figured it out yet, when we when we have rants in the podcast, rather than leaving them in the middle, we cut them out and put them at the end. 
So if you've well, ever, if you've ever well, not stayed after the music stops, that's because there <laughs> some of them are so long-winded and have literally nothing to do with, <laughs> with the discussion, the dis- like with the book, the discussion that we should be having. It's like one of us says or mentions something, and it's just like boom, tangent, downhill, snowball, and it's like that wouldn't make sense in the middle of a book like storytelling podcast about this story that we're trying to tell it would be weird we 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 literally started ranting about economic structures in for this yeah you did you can't you can't have that you know at the beginning or middle of this podcast it just doesn't make sense and it's it's so funny because i've had some people listen to the podcast and they're like well i didn't realize you guys were so smart i'm like we're not we're not smart we just we read a lot. Who, wait, hold on. How who who got that? No, I've just I've had some some people. Uh, they're they're like not random. listening to this podcast, right? They they've they've stumbled even, upon even even Marcus even Marcus has has noted like the the intellectual context of our discussions, and I'm like we're we're really not that smart. Like, Someone's we, we, we not both listening read a to lot. the right podcast. <laughs> we both read a lot. I will yeah. say that we both yeah. read a lot. Yeah. Um, and we both do a lot of research, of but neither one of us has ever managed to turn all of the crap we know into any sort of career or anything functional. So don't until until the until the two of us are very successful businessmen. I don't want anybody out there calling us smart because that's that's an insult. To I smart will people. accept not dumb. Yeah, not dumb. I will. I will go on not dumb usually. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Nice preface. Because <laughs> we still do dumb stuff. Yeah, that's true. Often. That is true. But since we do need to end up, and we, it is a very ceremonious end to Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this series. This was a very fun one, uh, specifically because Smith had to do all the voices, yes. which makes it exceptionally fun. All the more fun. Uh, and it's one of our favorite stories <laughs> slash books of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we we've kind of made a a, a habit out of sharing favored books with you guys. Um, you know, because we started out with Phantom Tollbooth, which is a beloved story of mine and yours. Oh, a hundred percent. One of the best books uh, ever written, just hands down. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, going on to Howl's Moving Castle, which was uh, something that. Another thing that we actually shared with our mother having a uh, favor for. Yeah. And something that we've been reading since we were very young. Uh, so we really do appreciate you guys coming along with us on this journey and <clears throat> being here with us um, and, and just, you know, reading along with us in the stories that we love. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun for us. We, we love being here with you guys. And uh, you know what? We just we really do hope that you guys enjoy these things as much as we do. Um, and at the end of the day, um, we really appreciate everyone who's here to listen, all of the people who support on Patreon, all of the subscribers, all of you that just show up to to hang out and listen to stories and to listen to us bullshit with each other for now an hour and a half um, <laughs> about just whatever. Um, and yeah, like it's really a privilege and a pleasure to do this for you guys. We love entertaining you, um, and I hope that we get to continue doing it. Everything, I yes, I agree with all the things you just said. 
So in the meantime, you can follow my brother over on uh, Instagram. Uh, he's at Anne Sean A N N N S E A N. That's me. And of course, you can follow me on all of the things uh, at Real Slim or the Real Slim users on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course Black Dragon Tavern on all of the things. I'm now I'm up. I'm putting videos out weekly. weekly? Sometimes multiple videos out weekly. Whoa. Well, then people uh, should and of course. They should. And you can also hit up my brother on uh, the Twitters and on the TikToks at uh, Real Thick Jesus and at The Real Thick Jesus uh, subsequently. And uh, yeah, thank you guys all so much for being here. Uh, we look forward to the watch party with everyone, yeah, uh, which we will schedule and announce via Twitter and Patreon. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to more stories with you guys. So. I have one final request for this season of Endless Epic, and that is stay bloodthirsty, my friends, and remember all hail the Black Dragons. We will see you guys in the next season. Yeah. And again in Dark Tales. Right. Because that book's never going to end. Never, ever going to end. (laughs) Good night.